self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we We are are conversation Conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and very apathetic today so uh, what got you apathetic what that mean because i'm sick but you never so you just saying it now you when you're sick you normally apathetic yes this this is the first time that you are verbally expressing out loud yes okay I okay. just feel like, how much more apathetic can you really be? We gonna find out. Just when you sick. We gonna find out. Also known as Calamity Red. <laughs> All right. Well, we're a conversation con artist back for another fantastic episode. That's subjective, clearly, because, you know, <laughs> I'm me and she is she. I am. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at Red underscore Calamity. Also, we are still doing the listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account which is conversationcarartists at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Car Artists, um, and send it to us that way. And we have a couple of things this week. Um, I think we're going to start with one that we didn't read last week because we kind of gave all the spotlight to Michael because it was so much information. So we kind of didn't read this one. <laughs> no, we just forgot. Well, that too. It ain't one on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what happened. We both get the email, and sometimes Red opens them up super quick, and I don't get the notification for it. So I kind of have to go in and see, and I didn't realize that we didn't have one. And I think she forgot that we did. We had one. Yeah, I forgot. So sorry about that, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> for the response you sent that we should have talked about last week, but we didn't. So we gonna start with him, y'all. What kind of BS is that? No video games. Video games are exactly what I like about my current dating situation. I'm free to be myself and my old lady doesn't care and actually tries to at least pretend to care about my interests. Someone with that kind of criteria is going to struggle sadly. I wish the best for her. LOL. This is in response to that laundry list of uh, issues that a woman had that her man couldn't do. And that she had cut down and it was still long as fuck. Uh, and video games, no video games is on there, which I just... You know, and I've seen or heard women say they feel like video games are for children. And to them, I'm always like, have you actually ever played one of these goddamn games? (laughs) This is That's not the case at all. The level of skill that it takes to to be able to get through some of these games, like, kiss my ass. That's not at all what that is. And the new Mortal Kombat trailer just came out. Like, you can't (laughs) sit here and continue to feed into the idea that it's for children. Yeah. While your grown ass is watching horror movies. Exactly. Scared, holding on to folks. Yep. But I can't play a video game that maybe a little bit violent. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense. She just she gonna be alone because she's not gonna find nobody that is gonna have all that shit on that list. And most of the shit on the list didn't even fucking matter. So whatever. I agree with you, Colin. I'm glad you got somebody and that's the thing, you need somebody that's gonna allow you to be you. Because even if you're willing to change, we actually had a conversation about this in our group chat this week. Even if you're willing to change in the moment you gonna always revert back to being who you are. So, like, even if she found somebody willing to pretend that they don't like video games or willing to quit playing video games, one or two things gonna happen. Either eventually uh, a fire-ass game gonna come out and he gonna be like, fuck that, I gotta now, I'm finna play these games. Or he gonna be resentful as fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you need to find somebody that likes who you are and 
the easiest way for you to do that is for you to like who you are. If you out here don't liking shit you got going on, how the fuck you think somebody else gonna care? Listen, the representative come out here and be like, hey, baby, it's just <laughs> me and you against the world. Let's take over this thing. <laughs> I'm great. I'm amazing. You know, it might be some stuff, but don't pay attention to that now. <laughs> just me. Yeah. You know, I always look like this. Exactly. Even when you come over and we just chilling, I, I always stay fly. Look like this. You know, my apartment always look this good. My car is always washed like you seen it the first time. My hair always together. My outfit always on point. I always have my face beat. That's the representative. <laughs> but see, when you, the representative dating. is only here long enough for you to love that person yep. to the point that they can become who they normally are. Now, hopefully. Hopefully the gap between the representative and who you get ain't that big. Yeah. But the representative, once he's gone, can very well be the world ain't shit. We don't <laughs> want that. We just want to stay on the couch and watch TV. Let's do that. <laughs> I don't have any clean clothes. I'm sorry my apartment's a mess. I ain't washed my car since the first time we went out. <laughs> yeah, I know you know my lineup was like this, but uh, you know. It is. <laughs> yeah. uh, my barber hooked me up when we first started going out, but you get to see the real me now. Don't you love it? Like that's yeah, that's how it works. Cause for sure, at some point you gonna come over to my house and I'ma be in sweatpants with a puff, which is the natural hair equivalent of a ponytail. My dog's gonna be running the fuck around and probably Remy is gonna jump up on you because he's Remy. And he needs to t like at some point you gonna come over and I'ma be like, oh okay, he just all right <laughs> we just this is what life looks like on a regular because at first i'm real what i'm protective of my dogs just in general because i've had situations where i don't have put niggas out about being mean to my dogs because i will put your ass out yes i would choose my dog over you he loyal the fuck are you um but you know i kind of you know i'll put them away you know so that they're not a nuisance but at some point okay this is what life is like with with red it's dogs in the background you know i try to let women know those things about me that i'm perfectly fine with mm -hmm. that if they wouldn't be fine with they should know immediately mm -hmm. like i'm a gamer yeah because i don't know how the women who are listening right now feel about video games but it's a 50-50 shoot, it seems to me, on women liking games yeah. and maybe playing them with you and hating games and thinking that you childish because of games. Like, there are women that will drop drop your ass Hell off yeah. for being a gamer. Which I don't understand. It's like saying you can't, I don't know what, something that women would do that a man would be like, bitch, no, I don't know what the equivalent of video games is for women. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, Dressing scantily for the club. Maybe. That's not the equivalent of a, a activity. Because it's something that, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's probably how he got her anyway. Yeah, because she was dressed scantily. So you can't, <laughs> you can't discriminate on that, that oh, part. Oh, Jesus. Well, you shouldn't. You know, yeah, you can, but you shouldn't. But yeah, so. Sorry, Colin, we didn't get to it last week. That was my bad. I've got a plan to, like, however we can have a dual TV set up in my future home, <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Like, How I don't... Are you all going to have to have on headphones? Or are you going to have to have on that. headphones? Or Xbox shit? headphones stream straight into the headset. Oh, I can turn yeah. my TV on mute and be hearing everything through the game on my headset. I'm perfectly fine with that. But I don't want a situation where 
if she's not that fond of games or don't want to watch a, uh, me play the game now, that she have to choose that and sacrifice or I have to sacrifice. No, watch your Netflix show. You can turn up as loud as you want. I got my headsets. I'm fine. These are noise canceling. I don't hear nothing that's going on. If somebody break in and hit you in the back of the head, I'm in this. We both going to die. But I'm just letting you know Jesus. that's the situation. But I, in my head, I, I want that because I don't want either one of us to have to sacrifice. You know what? I think good video games might be the same because there are dudes that don't play video games, and so I've I've experienced saying that I play video games, and they're like, "Really? I don't know if it's because maybe I I don't seem like somebody that would play video games, or if it's I don't know." But I just with- video game playing don't fit your profile. Me? Yes. Why? It just don't. <laughs> Don't fit your profile, I your like personality. It, not the stay in the box. <laughs> I mean, you know, generally, I guess when you think about women who who play games, I guess there's a difference between people who play games and people who are gamers. I yeah, think you I'm play games. Gamer. I play. You games. play games. I'm not a gamer. Not a gamer. So I don't know what overlap is, um, but you don't seem like knowing you or what you do. You don't seem like games would fit into that. Well, it's a lot of people that feel the same way that are like, video games, really? Like, yeah. Like, I play what I play. I'm not, you know, I like the genres that I like, mostly hack and slash because I just like fucking shit up. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Now we're going to go to Michael. Yes. Whose letter we talked about last week and then he had a rebuttal or a response. Yeah. Really loved the great episode. Could probably write another book. Oh, yeah. Just quick, though. Bears are big, hairy, gay men. So if you were gay, would you be, you would be a bear? Well, what's big? I get, okay. Uh, I mean, I'm big. And I'm hairy. So if I were gay, I guess I would be. Like... So you you literally just if you're gay and you're big and hairy you just automatically fit into this category. Yeah. I wonder if it's like something that men desire to be or if like that group of men is like I wish they stopped calling us bears. You know what? After he said that, so I had a professor. I don't know if you ever had him at AUM. Probably not because you didn't do counseling. He's in the counseling department. I won't say his name because he still works there. <laughs> um, but. He had a husband who got killed, but his husband was a bear. He refer so I don't, I don't I think that that it's a desirable. That's a desirable group of people to like a certain group. So like I don't think it's anything negative. I think it might be negative if if you don't want to be considered a bear. But for the people that like bears, it's, it's a great thing. Like there are men that look for bears specifically. I think. So like if I you mean, just, I guess it's like women who like big men, yeah, that are hairy. Because it's women that like big men that are hairy. So they and they, I mean, they just they don't call them bears. Have a name yeah, as a straight guy for that, just yeah. big dude is hairy. That's so funny. That I'm very hairy though. Like, I, I know. Are you telling them? I need women to love me first before they see <laughs> me with my shirt off. That's how that's supposed to work. <laughs> is 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 your dad hairy? Is that from yeah. him? Okay. But I have no hair on my legs. What the fuck kind of? <laughs> no idea. 
You, yo, your legs don't grow hair. <laughs> no, my legs are smoother than a lot of the girls I dated. <laughs> they be like, why? The f- why don't your legs? They that like, do you shave your legs? Because it doesn't I mean, make sense. You see my legs? Like, I know, but there's no hair. That doesn't make on my any legs. sense considering the rest of your body, though. I know. What the fuck? That's how DNA do. DNA <laughs> give you crapshoot sometimes. Sometimes DNA roll you a Coca-Cola body, and sometimes it roll you a Grimace body. That is so odd that you out here with smooth legs. And sometimes it roll you. A, see, and I'm a big guy, and I look muscular like like I'm a football player. I used to be a football player. Yes. The reality is all my fat just allocate to <laughs> the places that make me look like that. I don't work out. <laughs> People make people think I work out all the time, but I'm just I'm small, small I'm um top heavy. My legs are small, <laughs> my top is big, and the way my fat kind of like maneuver itself, I look look like a little like I might slam somebody. I wanted to respond. Colin, so I posted a picture I think on my birthday, and Colin said something about that I had been in the gym. Colin, no, I haven't. <laughs> I think the weight I gained is just kind of settling. And so because it's settling into places, it, it's just becoming more uniform. I don't know. Because I did look at that picture and I was like, oh, okay, look at this Coke bottle. It's not, I've, I've not been to the gym. I promise you. It's Listen, just the like way said, everything is settling. DNA, <laughs> DNA. I don't know if any of y'all ever played Dungeons and Dragons, okay? But. There are several different traits that you have to roll for. You got to roll for strength. Mm-hmm. You got to roll for intelligence. You got to roll for dexterity. You got to roll for charisma. And then uh, you got to roll for, it's one more thing that you got to roll for. Mm-hmm. But you roll like a whole bunch of die to put together the number of it. Some rolls are just high <laughs> and you get a high trait and some rolls are just bad. I feel like some people are rolling. As far as the DNA for their body, if you don't put work in it, you just rolling ones and twos. <laughs> and some people roll 19s and 20s. I don't even, you know, when I was up for Thanksgiving, my family, like the women in my family was like, <laughs> why are you shaped like that? None of us are shaped like that. Like they, they're not like big, but like none of them have like a defined shape that's just kind of just there. And nobody has an ass. So I don't know if it's a recessive. <laughs> So they rolling nines and tens. Yeah. And you rolled a seventeen. Yeah, something roughly. sixteen. Yeah, somewhere 16, in there. 17. Yeah. And I don't so because they again that, I get that a lot. Like, am I doing specific exercises? Like, no. <laughs> I'm just looking out with the weight game. Like, it's just. It's somebody in your family's history that got that trait. Cause like they I said, ain't that, alive right now. Whoever. I know, that, but then, you know that's how that's how them DNA roll works. Like every single character trait, eye shape, hair mm-hmm. texture, disease that's ever existed through your family's entire lineage, it it's in your DNA. It yeah. could activate when you're born. It could activate. It just activate a whole bunch of different stuff. Apparently, you got a different weight transfer set than everybody else that currently exists, but it comes from somewhere. Yeah, I don't know where. And your hair too. Then you say your hair is curly and ain't nobody else's. My cousin Crystal has the same kind of texture, but me and her hold on. <laughs> and we certain you ain't the milkman baby. No. I'm not the milkman. You look like baby. your daddy? I love my mom. I mean What you get from your daddy? My apathy. <laughs> like <laughs> physical <laughs> That nigga don't give a fuck about nothing. You get the internal shit from him. I got the internal shit from him. Like, 
no, because my ser- well, you know, and all seriously, yeah, my mom was like Susan Sunshine. You didn't met my mom, but you haven't met my dad. My dad is the exact opposite. <laughs> my mom is all happy and go all that shit. He's not that, but physicality wise, I don't think I don't know. William looks like him, but I I look like my mom's fucking twin. Like when she was this age, yeah, y'all do look alike. So like, I didn't get nothing physically from him, but he my dad. Okay. But my cousin Crystal, our mom, so it came, it came from my mama's side of the hair because my cousin Crystal, her mom and my mom are sisters. So somewhere we picked up some curly hair shit, but like nobody else has curly hair. So, because my mom went natural thinking. <laughs> she was going to get some curls. <laughs> Didn't work happen. out. No, she's got a fro fro. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Negro fro. <laughs> I don't know. That and my dad got like a fro fro. William does too, but William, oh, you hadn't seen him. William dreads down his fucking back. Really? Mm-hmm. Y'all had grow fast like that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Nigga, and he still, you know, because I, my, well, my dad got a full head of hair, so like he wasn't gonna, I don't think, and my dad still has a full, he, his hairline is not receding at all, so. William's probably gonna look out and be able to just keep his fucking dreads forever, cause it's not gonna. If he has my dad's hairline gene, I hope so. My dad still got a full head of hair. I hope so. Hairline, like he ain't got the George Jefferson or nothing. That nigga in his seventies, and the shit's still up there. That's <laughs> so, good. yeah. Okay. Bears are big gay, uh, hairy gay men. Yes. And Red, I totally agree with your point on not worrying about what the other woman has. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's gone maybe a little too far, and I'm happy you <laughs> got the surrogate shoulder angels to help you out with that. Yeah. It's a shame more women don't see not getting cheated on as a reflection of themselves. It's women. a shame more women. It's a shame more women don't see cheating on getting cheated on as not a reflection. As not a reflection on themselves. Yeah. I think he he uh, framed it differently than he meant it. Yeah. Um, um, but I think he was going along with Red's perspective. Yeah. As that when. Oh yeah, because I have when said, you get cheated on, yeah. that it's not a reflection of you oh, at all. Where yeah. where to a lot of women, because I was saying that's the norm. They look at that as what, what I, if what I is, messed up? What, what does she I, have that I don't? Yeah. And let me say this: I wanted to address this because I don't want it to seem like the Red of today has not been this way all her life okay so like especially in college i was one of them people like that was because again my own insecurities were were my biggest thing is so it's like if i got cheated on with somebody that was really curvy because i was tiny <laughs> like 125 pounds tiny at five eight um which is stupid do you like I look back at those pictures and I look anorexic to me, but I was within my body weight. That's why I don't pay no attention to them fucking scared the body weight mass indicate. I don't pay no attention to that shit because I feel like I look unhealthy as fuck and I was within my range of 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 weight, healthy weight for my height. But anyway, neither here nor there. Um, I used to question that. I used to feel like it was because I wasn't pretty enough, I wasn't fun enough. Um, so I, I mean, I used to be her, but. Eventually, I feel like you just got to recognize that I was the same person as I was when he was fucking with me. You know what I'm saying? Start fucking with me. So, like, I didn't change. So, if, if she was what he wanted, he should have went after that shit anyway. It had shit to do with me. So, like, as I get older, I get more uh, uh, apathetic, maybe. 
Or I, I don't even know that it's apathetic. I just try to look at things in a more logical way. Because I feel like that's logic, right? Like, if somebody dates you, they, they find some value in you. And if they go cheat, that's not directly, it doesn't directly invalidate you because of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, because it's very possible that they could have found an equal and opposing value yeah. in somebody else. That don't invalidate what they found in you. Yeah. So, um, like, logic-wise, I think I just started looking at it, like, in a more logical way as opposed to feeling-based. Um, and I guess that journey to get in there has made me – I don't even know if I've ever had a little angel. I think maybe. But now I got I do definitely the description of them two devils is spot on because one just don't care and the other one's like fuck everything up. You probably had a gullible angel. <laughs> what do you mean a gullible angel? From the stories that you know talked about about them dudes that especially the high school dude that was. Oh yeah. Like you were like it'll be okay. Yeah. He's yeah. not doing anything crazy. Yeah. And then you come to find out that he. He the worst type of nigga it is out there. Had a whole goddamn baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in high school, like, <laughs> having babies in high school is rare. So you had to have at least in the top five worst dude in your school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he I'm was. saying? He was. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, again, discernment is discernment, man. You got to have that discernment. I didn't really have that. One, again, this goes back. And I tell my clients, my friend, I tell people all the time, like, you have got to be able to love yourself before you're going to be able to demand that of anybody else. I had so many insecurities. I had so much low self-esteem and so many issues with myself that it was, I, I was gravitating towards dudes like that because I was gullible because it's like, oh, he's way above what I thought I was. And so... I'm just trying to like keep on to this good feeling of me being able to attract a dude like this, not recognizing that a dude like this is shit. Yep. <laughs> He's a dickhead. So, <laughs> but it, so after I start appreciating myself, after my self-esteem got better, that's when I was able to have that discernment and be like, nigga, no, get the fuck out of here. No, thanks. So you got to be able to love yourself. You got to be. And I mean, I know that sounds cheesy as fuck, but it's, it's true. If you, feel like you ain't shit or you feel like you ain't worth shit what is that face <laughs> hmm. he just made a face i practice my faces randomly sometimes. i cannot even <laughs> explain the face i just saw <laughs> it was i do that randomly sometimes it was crazy oh um, felt it but it sounds it sounds cheesy and cliche but you do like how if you don't like shit about yourself it's gonna be so much easier for people to tell you down because listen somebody you ain't gonna tell me shit about about red somebody tell me now that i'm sarcastic yep <laughs> and like you know it's not gonna be something that's gonna shake my whole shit because my foundation is solid my foundation used to be built of toothpicks <laughs> and it took like nothing to, to shatter that shit so if somebody said something about something they didn't like about me it crushed me because i was i already didn't like me so uh to michael's point a lot of times that happens because women are already feeling insecure or insecurity so when dude cheat you gonna equate that to them insecurities you already feel now if a nigga cheat on me fuck you nigga <laughs> i was this way when you met me i'm gonna be this way after your ass like i'm not going to you know what i'm saying you decided to date me knowing that this is who i am so why would i feel like oh now who i am isn't good enough and let me change and be this bitch i can't be nobody but me 
and I'm perfectly okay being me. So uh, I think that's why there are a lot of women that don't have that is because you, you kind of feed into your own insecurities. Um, I don't give a fuck though. <laughs> First of all, my discernment then got so good. Like I'm not gonna say I will never get cheated on again, but some of that little stupid shit because it was so many humongous flashing red signs i'm talking about billboards like super bowl size signs that these niggas want shit and i ignored it i don't do that anymore so like i won't say i won't ever get cheated on again but the shit that's happened before it won't happen again because who i am is just not going to ignore shit like that i don't even go out with people half the time when i see like shit that i'm like hell no <laughs> so so Michael's dialogue continued from some things that we said to say that also arse is pronounced like the word R with an S sound right at the end. Arse. And we pronounce Birmingham, Birmingham for some reason, as in Birmingham, not Birmingham, 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 Birmingham. and arse. Arse. Yeah, I hear that. And he didn't know what the fuck we were saying. Yeah, so. <laughs> I asked him a question because I was interested, so I'm going to go on with this part. What is the perception of Southern dialect and slang there? Is it, like, laughable? Is it, like, oh, how cute? Or is it, like, do we say things that you can't quite understand ever? Because I'm interested. But he said, uh, Southern dialect is pretty legible to my ears, though I've been told by guests sometimes that they can't understand you two, as I sometimes have you playing over the radio Shout out when to I'm you watching for playing up. us when people are over. I think that's cool as fuck. Yeah. Um so yay. And oh when I first and I asked him was there anything that he can't understand that we saying um he said when I first started listening I couldn't understand finna <laughs> though I took it as a contraction of fixing to don't yes. know how right that is. That's absolutely, absolutely correct. correct. That's amazing. Yeah. That is exactly right. Finna is fixing to. I'm yeah. finna go here. Which fixing to already don't really make sense. It doesn't. I'm about to. It, it, it actually that, should be, I'm about to. But I imagine that makes you a context clue to. champ. Yes. <laughs> and the context that we used, that he had to be like, hmm, this is a barrier between something that you have not done and that you're about to do. So maybe it's fixing, fixing to. <laughs> don't really make sense, but I'm going to go on. with that. But yeah, you Spot got that right. on. That's but exactly I, you know, what it is. I, That's so funny. <laughs> and this is my comfort zone. When I'm talking, I say a lot of things that I know I'm saying that should be corrected. I use a lot of sentences with double negatives. You use it more, I feel like, than I do. Because you said do and fo. Uh, yeah, do, fo. <laughs> like, I use... And I, I don't say that. I do not shy away from my southern dialect on this podcast because I talk how I want to talk. When I'm in a meeting yeah. with a school, some members of the school board, see, we have a different conversation. It sounds differently. Yeah, but you I know. don't ever say. I, I mean, even when I'm talking to y'all, I don't say no. <laughs> it don't even feel right saying it now. Store and four. Okay, that's an upbringing thing. Uh, yeah, that's. It's a <laughs> I mean, it yeah. ain't like. Oh no, no, it ain't no! Like I'm, I'm not choosing. saying. No, yeah, no. But I'm saying I wasn't saying you were choosing. I'm saying I'm also not choosing to like not do it because I don't want to. Yeah, be what I'm southern. What I'm saying mic. is, I got a lot of the worst parts of what a southern. Life already due to your <laughs> language. It takes the Queen's English and like fucks it all. Fuck it mix shit. it like Play-Doh colors. You mix them all together and it's just one color now. <laughs> that's that's what it does <laughs> to to the English. So, but I, I I can speak better if I'd like to, but I don't care when I'm on the podcast. I'm I just trying to think. Spit it out how it comes. 
around the house. Yeah, my mom. My mom don't say like dough and fold. She says some country shit now. So like, and I say some country shit. So I guess it just depends on what I've heard over time, what I, and what I you know took into my own dialect. But like, yeah, some stuff we don't say, some stuff we do. And like sometimes, I I haven't heard this so much recently. But I used to get people asking me where I'm from. I'm like, what the fuck you mean? <laughs> Alabama, <laughs> whole life. I don't get it as much now. So I guess I've. I got more country as I got older. Don't nobody ask me this shit no more. But I used to get asked that, like where I was from. It's people in America they can't understand us. So yeah, shout out to Michael. <laughs> Good job. Next, we have something from Colin again. Okay. Hey y'all, I'm moving across the country this week, and I want to write, but I didn't forget about y'all, and I'll write in once I get settled. Oh. You can read this on the show. Where's Colin going? I think he's moving to Seattle. No. Oh. I think that's where he's going. Rain. A lot of rain. A lot of depression in Seattle. If he's moving to Seattle, it must be for a very good reason. Yeah, so congrats on your move. The weather has an impact on people's mental health in Seattle because it's rainy a lot. So Also, please talk about your top three favorite fast food restaurants and why. So I saw this and I was trying to think about it. Um Jack's. This is not in any order either because I didn't try to do like one being the highest or being just Jack's because I'm probably gonna stop by there on my way home. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't really. Is is does Chinese food count as fast food? Chinese food, no. But it's fast, and I didn't cook it. <laughs> that's not that's not the essence of fast food. Oh, Jack's. Ooh, Chick Fil A. Jack's Chick Fil A. Um, those are gonna be the ones that I go to the most if I'm. Does Purple Onion count as fast food? No. Damn it! Don't nobody know what that is. Okay. <laughs> Jack's. Chick-fil-A. See that statement. Don't nobody know what that is. <laughs> I said that's a double negative, and I said that with a D instead of that. Like that's the that's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean when I say. That's what I mean when I say that's that's the South did this to me. Yeah, the South. Yeah, exactly. South is T and H together is F yes, already. Anytime that shows up, that's F. So uh, you know, uh, Jack. Unapologetic. Chick Fil A. Where else do I go a lot? Because I'm basing it on where I, I go all the time. Obviously, those are the places that I like to the eat. The only most. Chinese fa- fast food that counts is Panda Express. I don't really go to Panda Express a lot. I like to go to like the little the little no the little stores that ain't got chains. <laughs> when I get Chinese food, so even if I said any of them, y'all ain't gonna know because you're probably not gonna have them because <laughs> they're not gonna have chains. Chick Fil A, Jacks. And I don't know what else I eat a lot of. I was doing Burger King a lot. I don't know why. I because it's close to my apartment, probably. Because <laughs> I could almost walk to Burger King. I don't really want to put that on there because it was just kind of a close thing. It wasn't. Where would I drive out of my way to go to? Most of the places I would drive out of my way aren't fast food. I guess I don't eat as much fast food as I thought I did. Um. I, you go ahead. Let me think of a third one. 
Okay, so I have criteria of for course everything. Of course, you know you that. <laughs> so I have several different uh, criteria by which the restaurant is my first. The first one is universality of menu. Okay, <laughs> my fa- a menu that is a, a universality in my fast food choice is: Do you have a vast number of things on the menu that I will eat? Do you? Like, do you have pictures of it? Have I had it before? And do I like it? Surely from universality, for me, McDonald's. Now, McDonald's has consistently declined in quality since I worked there in 2000. Consistently. I mean, they've changed the oil that they fry with, which has drastically changed the french fries they have changed breads i don't like that new artist i don't like that artisan bread everywhere i don't like it anywhere yeah. this is like the bread with the shiny that's shiny on the top mm-hmm. like that's like not natural for bread why is it doing that i don't like that i don't like shiny bread but for universality that's mcdonald's now a big part of that for me is that i grew up working at mcdonald's and i loved working at mcdonald's it was a great job for me it catered to the skill set that I have. I have a good micro skill set. Like things with my hands, catching, throwing, I'm really good with that. <laughs> so give me a spatula to flip stuff in a grill to put, <laughs> give me burgers to wrap, give me things to put onion. I am very good with that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? The bigger, the bigger the project gets, the more outside of my natural skill set comes. So Did you go to McDonald's today? No, that was from some days ago. Okay. So the thing that wins for mcdonald a part of that influence for me nostalgia. is not even nostalgia i mean well maybe some nostalgia but like i used to wake up in cold sweats after i was like a big mac now go get me a big mac <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Ooh, i need some big mac sauce that's what i need today I never like the big mac that, the sauce is weird i mean McDonald's i've tried nearly like- every sandwich at mcdonald's with every combination like every burger areas with big mac sauce with mayo mm-hmm. i used to we used to make big macs with a quarter pound of meat on it so it'd be like a double quarter big mac uh, I used to take some of the breakfast uh, burrito stuff and get some cheese from the morning time and just make like chicken wraps. I used to do so much stuff on the grill back there. The mm-hmm. managers used to have me cooking stuff. But that's the part that goes into my first one. The second one goes into best all around item. Like that thing that is always good when you go there consistently, no matter what. And for that one, Chick fil A <laughs> wins. Because Chick fil A is consistent when it comes to food quality. Whew. Don't know if I've ever gotten cold fries from Chick fil A. Don't I never gotten a cold chicken sandwich. I might have got cold fries once, but I've never gotten a cold chicken sandwich. The chicken quality is clearly good. The lemonade you, is so delicious. The lemonade is good. So, like that combo meal itself, I just, for consistency sake, I know it's going to be good. It's just expensive. Yeah. Uh, and um, the last one is going to be shakes. Oh, and for right. that is Hardy's. I get shakes from Hardy's. So Hardy's shake, Lactose Hardy's vanilla shake, fantastic. Now, Jack's used to be up in my top. Jack's has gone down downhill tremendously. First, they changed their uh, meat patties for the burgers. Mm-hmm. And don't taste good anymore. Then they changed their chicken tenders because they like... They like the size between tenders and nuggets now. Uh, we had this. <laughs> they minimized them. It 
pissed me off. So I'm not happy with Jacks anymore, even though their fries, to me, reign superior than everybody else. And all they are are just crinkle cut fries with seasoning it? salt. Is it it got to be seasoning salt. Is it Lowry's? I doubt it's Lowry's. It's not as, it's not as flavorful as Lowry's. Good, I think it's something it that's slightly less salty than Lowry's. It's good as fuck. But it's good. It's good for those fries. Arby's. Arby's would be my Arby's. And it's because Arby's is garbage to me. Okay, so here's why I go to Arby's a lot. So I we talked about this um Saturday. I'm not fin I'm good with how I look. I'm not going to cause like I look at Cole and I'm like, that's just seems so sad. Like not eating what you want to eat and like committing to going because working out is not fun to me and so i think working out he may actually enjoy the act of working out i fucking don't okay and so because of that i'm not i know for a fact that that ain't gonna be the way i'm gonna maintain my weight so making like different food choices (laughs) has been and so like i like the wraps from arby's they have a lot of wraps that are not high in all the bullshit but they still taste good and i like their fries so i've been going to arby's a lot now i was gonna say wendy's but again wendy's is like one of them places i go to because i got the four for four so for lunch if i'm broke it's it's a win (laughs) because i'm gonna get everything i need for four (laughs) dollars so it's not necessarily because i really enjoy the food it's because of the cheapness of it but arby's chick-fil-a jacks now yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I have other seasonal favorites though, you seasonal know, just depending favorites. on what's going on. Oh, okay. McDonald's fall out of my favor sometimes, like because they they See, just not like being it. consistent. They've changed something on their menu. They done did something different with their meat. They fries ain't even. They used to be my favorite. Like I just don't, don't get me wrong. Go to McDonald's for shit. I'm saying ever. that now, but I am on the edge of just being done with McDonald's mainly because their fries are just so much more different than I remember. But uh, last season, Crystal's was Crystal's was my go-to. Why? Uh, I don't understand oh, people that like crystal. You don't understand what? I don't understand people that like that shit. It's not good. The, the burgers are. It's, uh, I like ugh. it. Ugh. Never. I like it, but that's it. Okay. Uh, every now and then, Taco Bell is not in season for me. Burger King depends on what kind of sales they got or what kind of paper I got for them. Oh, Michael got some Lowry's. We forgot to mention that. Oh yeah, Michael got Michael Lowry's. Found yeah. Lowry's in the UK. <laughs> Michael, it's going to change your existence. It might it's not. It's so delicious. It might not. Why not? I, I'm taking cultural considerations oh, into yeah. account. You know, like, yeah. he mentioned some foods that I would not eat down like here. Like the eyeballs and shit. Exactly. No. Like, he might say, they're delicious. Just chew them no. and squeeze and the juice no. pop out. Fuck no. You know, like, I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to assume that it's going to be good because our southern taste bud acclimates us way more heavily to salt. Yeah. than everybody else so well, it could be could very well be salty for you i don't you. know because he has got asian philippine filipino correct mm-hmm. do they use soy sauce as much as because soy sauce is is salty as fuck like you can fuck your shit up putting too much soy sauce in something it'll be un it, it, you won't be able to eat it i don't know i'm just saying because soy sauce is salty i hope you like it i think i put it on french fries yeah i put it on popcorn too I put it in my seed, it's my my so flour. Versatile. I you put it in my flour when I'm getting ready to fly pork chop, fry <laughs> pork chops or chicken. Larry's is delicious. So let I us mean. know how you feel about it. Next. And 
the last letter we got is gonna be from Nikki. Nikki. Okay. And I was Which, excited about this one because I think people forget we're therapists, so we get to be therapists for a minute. <laughs> so, hey, y'all. I don't like wet leaves either. They don't bother me as much when I'm outside. However, if one accidentally gets in my apartment, I have to throw it away immediately. It's hard to explain. Anyways, I have a few questions. Now, along with that, I'm going to add that cookie at sbun79 on Twitter said, yes, I don't like walking on wet leaves either. I can't distinguish it from dog poop because, you know, some people are nasty and don't pick up after their dogs. So, apparently, see, there is a I don't fuck with leaves movement out here <laughs> that nobody knew about because leaves are so inconsequential that nobody <laughs> could conceptualize that people have problems with leaves. So, I feel like research needs to be done to figure out who has the problems with leaves and why. Nigga, because I walked, it is confusing to me. I walked from the. I, I parked at the front of of your building today because it's no path to not walk on them goddamn leaves because it stormed last night and the wind was blowing and shit. It's leaves all out there. So when I parked like where I normally park, and when I was got out of the car, I was like, nope. I got in my car, drove it around <laughs> the front, and walked from the front down the stairs to come to your apartment. And that's probably where the fuck I'm gonna be parking from now on until them leaves is gone. <laughs> they blow the leaves from the street over to where yeah. those rocks are. Which is helpful because it helps you walk on the rocks without worry. You fill in the little gaps. No. So I'm going to be parking from the, the At front. At least why they went anyway. <sighs> Give me the creeps. Okay. So we got to do research. One. I have a bad habit of trying to take on too many things or make too many changes at one time. I'm currently trying to lose weight. Apply to new jobs, date, be an organizer for a social group, improve my appearance, pay off my debt, work Girl. on my mental health, and navigate being an only child of a terminally ill parent. Jesus. My mom has breast cancer for the second time. It's stage four and has spread. She can function okay, but it is not taking a noticeable toll on her body. But it has. Wait, she can function okay, not. But it has taken a noticeable toll on her body. I think that was a my question is, how do you balance everything? How do you prioritize what gets handled first or not at all? Jesus. That First of all, um, kudos to you because caregiver stress is a real fucking thing. Taking care of somebody that's ill, even if she's not showing a lot of physical things, her being your mom and watching her deteriorate is hard. Um, and trying to be there and still live your life is extremely difficult. So... Uh, make sure that you get taking care of yourself because caregiver stress and fatigue is a real fucking thing. Not as supposed to be now. I'm noticing that clearly. What? She can function okay now, but it's oh, okay. taking a noticeable tone on her body. Okay. Um, so, yeah, make sure that you're addressing that for sure because it's hard. Uh, and I can't imagine with it being your mom that you're taking care of because we, you know, um, Nick is like, all right, for she. <laughs> you don't expect yet to be having to do that you know what i'm saying like it's an unexpected yeah. thing and then stage four so like make sure you're taking care of yourself as far as that's concerned because caregiver fatigue and stress is real um so if i had to create a hierarchy of how to deal with things it depends on what is congruent with your life and what's important to you as far as the things under this one but work on my mental health needs to be at the absolute 
very top. Because you're not going to be able to do nothing of, of that school. hierarchy. And work on my physical health should probably be slightly above that. Those two should be synonymous. So from my perspective, working on your mental health, or anything like uh, physical health related, so losing weight or improving your appearance, that I don't know if improving your appearance is physical health, but mm-hmm. though that I think that plays into your um, mental health or whatever. I mean, uh, maintaining uh, maintaining the image of yourself that you would like to have for whatever reason that you want to have. I it. mean, <clears throat> I get a lot of people that ask me this question when they come in, but what I t- you know I can't. I guess her question is, how does she prioritize it? Because she's going to have to be the one that decides what's important. Now, mental health, physical health, you're not going to be able to do any of the other shit on your list without taking care of those things. As far as the order of importance of those other things, that's something that has to be determined by you because what would be... What I how I would prioritize those things may be completely different between how, how you feel about each of those things. So... um. You kind of got to look at what is important to you right now. What what which of these things is is something that you is going to benefit you handling right now where you would even be able in the future to handle the other things because all of that shit at one time ain't going to happen. You're going to get overwhelmed <laughs> because that's a lot. Of, that was a long But I list. can guarantee you that if you're not well physically mm-hmm. and if you're not well mentally, yeah. you're not going to be able to do even consider yeah. this. You're going to be missing some of this stuff mm-hmm. and the quality of how you do these things is yeah. going to be impacted. So um, those two got to be first. But like the order of the rest of them, I don't know. That and the reality, the reality is, you know, work on my mental health for some of this stuff for me may be uh, a, a, a big health, a big self-care regimen. But like, as the only child of a terminal ill, terminally ill parent, I would say you should probably have a therapist, mm-hmm. even if you don't see them once a week, bi-weekly. Um, it's gonna cost money, but the level of burden that that will take off of your life every time you meet, mm-hmm. you'll find it to be worth it if you find a therapist that's that's valuable. And to it you. may or may not cost money. I don't know what your job situation is. Obviously, you have a job because that was we'll talk about that later, but. If you have insurance, a lot of people do not realize this. It, insurance, uh, you, your insurance package, depending on where you work, can come with an EAP. And EAP is where they will pay. Now, sometimes it's only so many sessions throughout the year. The EAP that I have on my insurance is unlimited sessions. They'll pay for however many through insurance, um, however many times I go. So I go as many times as I want to. But um contact your insurance provider if you have insurance see if they have an eap and see what the terms are um because you may not have to pay for it I always if you got insurance see if you got an eap because a lot of times people are having and not realize it because it's not something that when you go and, and you're filling out your paperwork it ain't really something that's like um pressed or promoted to you but a lot of insurance if you got like full coverage insurance where you you know you got a low copay then you probably got an EAP connected to it and you might not have to pay anything at all. So you could be going for free and getting shit that you need. So if you have insurance, check and see if you have an EAP for sure and you may not have to pay. So definitely look for counseling. But another thing is a healthy self-care regimen. Self-care, which is the intentional practice of something to help you diminish your stress, because the more that you just take care of life and don't do something to like ease that burden, like let some of the air out, 
you know, let some of the steam off, <laughs> you know, for lack of a better way to put it, you're going to overexert yourself and you're not going to have the mind space to do what you need to do. I tell, like, I do all the stuff I do on purpose because what we do as counselors is we take on a lot of burden of people mm -hmm. and we spend three, four years in school and soup under supervision and training to learn how to get rid of that too. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of the training. Like you can't take it home, man. I mean, if you if you're not a therapist and you've ever like let somebody keep talking to you about their problems, talking to you about their relationship problems, talking to you about the stuff they deal with, sometimes it just sits on you mm -hmm. and you don't know what to do with it. You got to get rid of it. So for self care, I play video games. I make candles now. I bake. For me, debating dialogue mm -hmm. is healthy for me. I like I like that. So the podcast is yeah. The podcast is a part of my self care. My YouTube videos is a part of my self care. Though I hadn't done one in a while. Man, a lot of that stuff <laughs> is connected to my self care. And so you have to, and I tell people put self care on your calendar. Whatever it is for you. If it's DIY projects, do it. If I it's a night out with the girls, do it. Yeah. If it's a night to read your book, do it. If it's a story you've been working on or poetry, do it. Go out to eat. Put that stuff on a calendar. Mm -hmm. If your job it. is stressful, mental health days. Like, take a mental health day. You got these these vacation days. If you got a job where you get paid for not being there, I schedule mental health days for myself. And I take, absolutely do. Take that, shit. that day off with the plan of chilling. Like, yep. don't take that day off and, and try do to a get whole a bunch, bunch of stressful shit, shit yeah. for eight Paying hours. Don't do that. Shit. Don't, don't do that. that. <laughs> like, this is an intentionally planned de-stressing de moment. That's mm -hmm. what self-care is. When you hear people talking about self-care, that's what they're talking about. And you have to do that in order to be able to, to keep your sight on the other things you do and depending on your feelings about exercise this is not this would not be self-care for me but like i said i know some people truly enjoy uh exercising and working out and it, it helps them manage their stress so i mean you may be able to combine some of these if you enjoy going to the gym that can be part of your self-care and it also goes back to you taking care of your physical health you know what i'm saying so you might be able to combine some of this shit in a way that um it, it'll you'll be doing more than one thing at a time so taking care of your physical health but also having self-care where you if, if that's something that you enjoy doing i don't know how you feel about exercise but and you know this was some my hierarchy is not one that i tell people to be a part of but <laughs> when it comes to under that for me anything that is not impacting me now mm -hmm. but that is generating stress I don't participate in it. <laughs> For me, that's paying loans right now. <laughs> me paying a thousand dollars a month, which is inconsequential to the people who who I owe it to, to what issues <laughs> it creates for me now, that ain't my thing. Okay, I would just rather deal with that interest later. I'll figure it out later. <laughs> and like I said, it's just it's seeming to work in my favor now because they sending me, please pay us, please. <laughs> with uh heavily discounted rates on the money that i owe so it seemed to be working but i won't say do that but and i'm just kind of being silly with the debt part but anything that you don't have to be a part of that creates you that stress for example organizing for a social group is that critical i mean is it critical to be an organizer of it if you like to be a part of the group 
Could you just be a part of the group? And if you can't, because like I said, you what you're going to have to do is recognize what your life is, right? Your mom being sick is not something you have control over. You, you, Your need or want to take care of her is going to be something that's going to take precedence because it would for most people. If organizing that social group is going to add to the stress that you already have with something that you have to deal with, let that shit go. Um, because self-care means these are things that, that help you feel better. And so even if you enjoy being part of the group, if, if you have to organize and that shit is stressful, it's not self-care. It's not helping you. Yeah. So, you know, going on to say that if your mental health is taken care of, I think you'll be able to figure that out. Mm Mm-hmm. If your mental health is taken care of and you don't have no physical needs, I think that is the template from which you can organize all of that stuff for yourself. When you get to a point where you can't organize stuff, you can't see straight, you, you're you a little bit stressed, you're getting out of your schedule. You normally eat breakfast every day, but you haven't been eating breakfast. Like that, those are indicators that something ain't right. Mm-hmm. And you need to start figuring out how to get back to that norm. And I think once you, once you take care of that mental health component, I think it'll be relatively easy for you to see all of that other stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say relatively easy because you do have a heavy plate, but yes. I think it's going to be a lot more manageable mm-hmm. than it is when you don't have that mm-hmm. template. Yep. Two, as therapists, how can you tell if you, if relevant, or a client is making progress on a mental health journey? How do you know if you need to seek a different type of health? Ooh, Jesus. First of all, <laughs> progress is... I always tell people, I have people ask me all the time about being a therapist and I want to help people. And it's like, listen, what you got to (laughs) recognize is that progress is going to be one of those things that you celebrate when it happens, but understand that it's not guaranteed (laughs) because you working on somebody else's time schedule. Um, I never look at what I do as me changing somebody's life because I ain't, they changing their own goddamn life. If they not ready yet, it ain't going to happen. And so, you know, progress one is is it's a very special thing when it happens. And that's one of those counseling stigmas is that when you walk into the counseling room, I'm about to tell you about your life. Mm-hmm. No, Mm-mm. if you don't open your mouth, I don't know nothing about nope. your life. I don't. I just know what you look like. Yep. You know, you are the master of dialogue. You are the leader in the room. Mm-hmm. I'm just somebody that's going to help you maybe with some perspective, yep. help understand what your hopes and your dreams are. Mm-hmm. And when you tell me about your life, maybe I'll point out where your hopes and your dreams don't meet with what you're doing, yep. you know, and help you find the way that you want to move forward with that. Yep. It's not me telling you about your life. It's not me trying to read you and, 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 and anything. It's about me building a relationship up with you to help you understand you and the reality is some people that we meet aren't at a stage in which they are willing to change some people are at a stage where they're willing and just don't know how Mm -hmm. and sometimes i I can work with somebody for two years and no change take place yep and i have to tell parents (laughs) that see i work with kids so i get that a lot more than often and something that i've had a hard pill that i had to swallow as a counselor is that sometimes I'm going to get a kid work with them for a long time, sometimes a year, and they're going to look the exact same that they left. Mm -hmm. The way I look at it is that what I'm doing is planting seeds. Just like parents. I have parents who 
keep telling their kids these messages and telling these they kids these messages and they be like the kid don't get the message they ain't doing what i'm saying doing and i was like tell me the message that your parents was telling you that you weren't listening to back then but you say now <laughs> you're planting that seed when that person is ready for that thing to grow when when their life and their environment cultivates the 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 uh the foundation for that growth to happen It'll grow and it'll become their new norm. It'll become their dialogue because you've given it to them. So with counselors, that's a big part of what we do. Mm -hmm. We try to help them uh, find out what they want. We try to uh, help cultivate the environment in their life that they need, you know, through their own action and their own determination and their own work. And hopefully some of the input that we give them it's something that'll grow at some point. We just don't have a baseline for what that looked like. I'm lucky to have had maybe five kids reach out to me and and say, "I made I made these decisions because of some of the stuff you told me." Mm -hmm. And they graduate in college now. Yep. You know, and and they or they they didn't go to school, but they a working man with a family. Mm -hmm. who, but that's five out of how many? Oh. <laughs> the 60 this year i mean and i've been doing this since 2010 yeah. so it's a lot of kids that come in and out in and yeah. out and it's hard it's really hard to know it, it know when change is coming and, and the reality and the reality is i don't look objectively at a person and say this person has changed that person has to communicate i ask that person so from when we first started working together mm -hmm. to now where do you see differences at you know, and that's not so I can get a pat on the back. No, I'm not concerned with what mm -hmm. I do for me. You know, I'm concerned with what I do mm -hmm. for the people that I work with. That's that's just my personality. Yeah, I I don't I don't like I don't take compliments well. I don't really like that. No, you don't. I don't like that <laughs> acknowledgement. You know, so it's just like here it is. Take it. Mm -hmm. Enjoy. Well, and the way I look at it too is that. I can't take credit. If, if we could sit and we can have a session a week, every week, 52 weeks out of the year for five years. If you don't go out into the world and while you live in your life, implement the shit we talk about, nothing's going. I'm not out here doing this shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not with you at making you make different decisions. You are doing that. You're making different choices for different outcomes. And so I don't even feel like I can take credit for that because regardless of what I say, how I say it, how many times I say it, if if you don't take it in and apply it, it don't work. And so if you're doing the work, I don't feel like I could take credit for that. I don't take credit for it because I ain't doing shit. You know what I'm saying? Like we can meet forever. <laughs> if you don't actually do any of the stuff, it won't get done. And so, you know, I don't, I just don't feel like I have a right to take credit for, for the changes that people make because they're the ones making the changes. Now, as far as what what I deem to be progress, progress. Look, you have to take it, it's it's especially in the beginning. It's gonna be little things, tiny things. <laughs> you know, if I've been working with a kid who cuss folks out every time they say some shit that they don't like, if they come in and they're like, "Man, Miss Red, you know, such and such said this," and I I was about to cuss her ass out, <laughs> but I thought about you know how you said that that's me giving them power over me because they decided how i'm like 
And so I ain't cuss out. And you know what? It didn't, I, I didn't need to cuss out. Like shit like that. I'm going to be like, okay, so how is that different? from how you would have responded prior to let's have a conversation about how it's different how it felt how the outcomes are different you know what i'm saying like it's little shit like that it's small changes in behavior that's gonna lead to like them making bigger changes so progress for me if you come in and you did something different from what you normally fucking do that's progress because originally you coming in doing exactly the same shit all the time so if you make it little changes, if, if if one little teeny tiny thing I said made you in that moment decide to do something different, all right, <laughs> it's progress. It means that you are at the point where you're at least willing to but, listen. And with that, me saying it is 0% of how it impacted the result. Yes. You 100% did that shit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that that how how you implement that stuff in your life yep. is where the value lies, not in the person that says that it, it or that you yeah. get it from. And I, I always encourage people who you know, because sometimes people are like, I hear people say all the time, you know, folks always you know telling me about their life and what their problems, and are always coming to me for advice on what to do. That does not mean that you need to be a therapist. Okay, because what you're doing is giving advice. That is not what you're going to do as a therapist. You are not going to be giving folk out here giving people. We do advice. not give advice. <laughs> not if what your that therapist is. gives advice, then they shouldn't be. Um, because if I give you advice, if I tell you how to handle a situation, that is not congruent with who you are. Mm-hmm. That's congruent with who I am. Mm-hmm. And if it fails based on what I told you to do. That's my fault. Mm-hmm. I am not trying to set myself up to have your life full of my faults. Yep. I want you to make the decisions that go along with what you want. And you identify what you want. And I'm going to say, well, that means that if this happens, this is how you might respond. If that happens, that's how you might respond. Which one of those seems like the way that you care to carry on with that situation. Mm-hmm. And then we can go down the rabbit hole of, your life and life and how it came for you to be those decisions and all kind of things, but how at the end of the day, in the past, yeah, yeah, but yeah. So like, it, you're not don't become a, a therapist because you think you're gonna change the world. You know, you you might hopefully have an impact on somebody's life along the way, but thinking that you're finna come in here and just fix everybody's life and shit, that you don't need to be a therapist because that's not what it's gonna look like. You're gonna have days where it's like, God damn it. <laughs> Listen, to, to me, the measure of being a therapist, if you like to be one, anybody who's listening, is how much patience do you have? Yes, Lord. What is your disposition? <laughs> What is your temperament and your personality? Like, are you somebody that can listen to somebody's problems? Are you somebody that isn't easily to be read if you don't like what you're hearing? Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yes. You know, are you somebody <laughs> that can objectively look at somebody's situation outside of your own? Because I have some people who I, I've worked with that they heart hurt so much for the situations that be going on that they become less effective because they become more emotional mm-hmm. or they become more emotionally invested in the situation. Those kind of things make a difference. Some of, some of what you experience, I work with DHR. I work with kids that at some point, half of my uh, caseload had been sexually abused, mm-hmm. you know, like that. Some people can't hear those stories and then go work with the parent that let it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you, some people can't do that. So, 
being a therapist is more about the personality, your ability to listen and hear people, and can you enhance all of those skills that will help you be in that field. And it's a non-judgment zone. That's another thing. If you're somebody who are going to try to base everything on your perspective and what your life has been, this ain't the job for you. Because I, I have people that have grown up in environments and have experienced things that I wouldn't, I've never experienced, will never experience, will never truly be able to uh, so like you you're gonna have to be able to separate yourself from and understand it from that person's perspective to be able to understand it from the environment that they grew up in and not put your own upbringing on them because it's not that you're not going to be beneficial and so you know I have had to work with parents that have done all kind of shit that if you just sit back from a judgmental standpoint you would have a, a issue working with them or I've had I done worked with men that been to prison for murder. I done been, I done worked with a woman that went to prison for murdering her fucking child. Like, you are not going to be able to base everything on where you come from. If if you somebody that is going to have trouble with that, that's ain't the job for you. If there is a certain type of person that could walk into your office that by default you have a problem with, don't need to be a counselor. Mm-hmm. A trans person might walk in your office. A gay person might walk in your office. A murderer might walk in your office. A child abuser might work in, walk in your office. A child molester. A pedophile. child molester. You have no idea what may walk in. If you have a set of things <laughs> that I can't work with that person, like if you got that, then that is not going to be a situation. And thinking you're going to do religion-based counseling and you won't have to encounter these people is wrong as hell. Okay? Gay people have religion. Transgender people have religion. People who get out of jail find religion in jail. You know what I'm saying? So, like, thinking that by working in a certain place, you're going to be able to avoid this type of person. Every person on the planet can have the same fucking issue. Gay people, straight people, murderers, pedophiles, um, prostitutes, strippers. It don't fucking matter. Like, thinking that you can work at a certain place and avoid a population (laughs) is wrong as fuck. Um, I remember being in grad school having a lady that that really had an issue with um, the LGBT community and she really thought that she was going to be able to bypass some of this shit by where she worked and it's like no all of these people are going to att- they attend churches they have religion they don't not have religion because they're gay that's not how that works so you know don't think that you can you can cancel out a group by working at a certain place Gay people have drug problems. Straight people have drug problems. Black folks, white folks, Hispanic. Like, it, it, you're not going to be able to avoid a whole group of people by working at a particular place. So, as therapists, how can you tell if your client is making progress on your health journey? Now, as a client, how you tell if you're... So, as therapists, we have treatment plans. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to sign a treatment plan. Mm-hmm. And I guess some private practitioners may not be as formal enough to have treatment plans, but ideally there's a treatment plan that identifies what your issues are. There are evidence-based measures uh and goals that we create that we are supposed to make it to. And at some point you got to review that to determine, are you reaching these goals? Yes. And that's where the client communicates. Yes, I'm reaching this goal. This is what my life looks like now. That thing has changed. Mm Now on my treatment plan, I always have three goals. The top one is dealing with whatever, the you know inherent emotion that's being impacted is mm-hmm. it's either anger it's anxiety it's depression that's the first one mm-hmm. that's gonna be a long-term goal that's gonna be something that's a lot more complicated to deal with mm-hmm. um my third goal is my least 
my least difficult goal to reach, which is going to be like for kids, something grades related or something social related. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to go out in the community more and do more things or I want to gain more friends or something like that. That one, so on a list list of goals, some of them are just more easy to accomplish, mm -hmm. and some of them are not. It's gonna take work on you, but you're the one that's going to have to communicate to the therapist what a uh, progress looks like. The therapist is there is no way a therapist can look objectively one meeting a week and know what's going on. It's a collaborative effort. That's what I think you have to look at it as. This is a collaboration. Okay, uh, it's not me being in the boss's seat or it's not that it's a collect which is why clients get to see read over agree with disagree with the treatment plan because you are an active part of this because this is your life it's not my life um so it's a collaborative effort you have to kind of remember that and because it's a collaborative effort you know how that client feels is a large piece of that where they feel like they are where they feel like they were large piece of it it's a collaboration it is not you coming in and, and and me telling you, I don't know how to run my own fucking life. I definitely can't tell you how to run yours. <laughs> how do you know if you need to seek a different type of health? So I am not so prideful and egotistical as a therapist that I can't say I don't think I'm effective for you anymore. With kids, I've had some kids who have come to see me as a homeboy. Mm -hmm. And at some points I've had to tell them, because of how I communicate, that's just how it comes off of some kids. Mm -hmm. Some kids can't see me as a counselor. They see me as just this cool dude to talk to. At that point, I can let them, the parent, and everybody know that I don't think I'm effective for your child at the, this stage in our relationship. It would probably be best if, if y'all move to another counselor. Mm -hmm. I've told adults that. So hopefully your therapist has the understanding and not this idea that I can fix everybody that when they are not effective, that it may be time for you to move on. Back to that idea of discernment. Um, on, on, on the side of the client and knowing whether you need to seek, seek a different type of health, do you feel like change is coming? If you're doing the work and you feel like you're doing the work, you feel like you're doing what the therapist is doing, it's might be possible that you look at that therapist and say, you're not effective for me. Not in a, not in an angry you messing up type of way, but more so in a, I like to try a different brand. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like every therapist, we all have our own different modalities. Therapy, the idea is that if somebody uses therapy with whatever modality they got to use it consistently to work, some of that don't jive with people. Some of that don't jive with your personality. Therapists and, and client personalities don't get together sometimes. So That's sometimes it's a matter of trying a new brand of of therapy versus what you've been trying that's what i was gonna say is that if you've had a bad experience because i've run across a ton of people who um kind of don't believe in or don't agree with or don't strive to like therapy because of a bad experience what i tell folks is that what you got to remember <laughs> is especially with like k crep standards we basically all get the same education we, you know, we all learn about different theories. You choose the theory that, that closely matches your beliefs, your uh, personality. So the differences in, in therapists is not necessarily going to be the training. I mean, obviously we do, you know, continuing ed shit. But the base education that we receive is pretty much the same. Who we are is going to determine what we bring to it that's going to be different. And so sometimes your personalities are not going to mesh well, okay? Um, the way that 
I would present something to a client is more probably way different. Well, I won't say way different, but more different than what Mr. On Point would do because our personality, I'm a super direct, <laughs> super direct person um, in a very respectful, very professional I'm way. I'm direct. I'm direct like red is direct, but not until I'm certain that I've secured the level of relationship that my directness will be more potent. Yes. And it's not, it's not to say that immediate directness is better. Yeah. It's not, it's no, it's subjective. It's yeah, based subjective. on that individual. And I feel like I can be direct with people in a certain type of way and still get through. But like how I do it is just congruent with me. Yeah. And how she do it is congruent with her. And so because of that, I tell people, like, I never get offended. If somebody comes to me, if you feel like I'm not the person to help you, let me know. My goal is for you to get to where you want to be in life. It's not for me to be that person that helps you get there. So if, if I'm not being effective, if you feel like my personality isn't uh, one that's going to be beneficial to you, if you feel like the way that I present things isn't been, let me know. I do not ever, ever get upset about that. I never take it personal because I know that I know who I am. <laughs> and I know that I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea, even as a therapist. I'm not. And that's okay. My goal at the end of the day is for anybody that comes into my office to get what they need, even if that ain't getting it from me. And so I'll make referrals. Let me know. You know what I'm saying? Like, there is going to be somebody out there that's going to be able to help you. And it's okay if it's not me. Um, and so that's why referrals exist. Because sometimes you ain't going to be the person. Whether you don't have enough training in that particular thing. Look, there's a lot of specialized issues out here that do require a little bit more than the baseline um, training that we all get in, in grad school. And some people specialize in certain things. And so even that might be... I might not have enough training to help you with this problem. You may need to go see somebody that, that specializes in this particular issue. Um, so you just kind of have to not be ruled by your ego and, and feel like uh, offended, I guess. Sometimes you're not going to be what that person needs. And, and treat therapy just like a different brand or something. Like if this brand don't work, if this therapist brand of therapy don't work for you, don't let that be an all encompassing shunning of therapy, mm -hmm. you know, and that's easy to happen because in our society, we are all, especially in black culture, we are already hesitant about participating in counseling anyway. So a lot of us are looking for something to say, this ain't good mm -hmm. so that we cannot participate in it and have a reason for it. But just like any brand or something that you try for the first time and you don't like it, there is a brand that you will like. You just got to keep fishing around for the right one. Because if you go to your doctor and you don't like his bedside, man, you ain't going to just let the, your your heart explode. You just find yeah, a different like, heart person to go exactly. to. Like, that's, you know that's, the, that's the mentality that you got to take on mental yeah. health. Yeah. You still got to fix the issue, but if that bedside, man, ain't what you need, you're not going to not get your diabetes under control. <laughs> like, you're not going to let yourself die. Don't let yourself mentally die because you get upset about the person that you go we got you know it's i don't even know how many theories are out there now or yeah. how it's a lot and so because of that whatever theory your, your therapist uh ascribes to is going to determine the way that they go about presenting therapy to you their theory may not be the one that works for you yeah and somebody said does okay and you can ask i mean i don't know how helpful it would be but you can ask them what their theory is because i know your life Trigger warning, Red. Uh, have you worked, question number three, 
Have you worked at a job you hate but can't leave? I'm having the hardest time finding a job I want to that pays at least a little more than I make now. I like my coworkers, but I hate my job and feel like I'm wasting time. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Lord. I know. Ooh. Ooh. We all been there. I'm there now. It's hard. It is hard to go to a job that you do not like. But, and I'm, this ain't a, I, I know you asked from a therapist perspective. I'm too close to this one. No, no. Number two said as therapist, oh, okay. this one just go. Girl, look. You a, per, you a person now. You ain't a therapist no more. But you can put some therapist and put in if you want to. You got bills. <laughs> when I, I'm, I'm, wish, I'm, I'm so serious. Like, that is what I have to tell myself. Like, I enjoy these lights. It's cold outside. I enjoy this heat. And so because of that, I'm going to keep rocking with this shit. But I think what my issue is and what I've had to... Uh, my my problem that I've had is not giving up because I get frustrated. Don't get frustrated. Keep putting out. You know, you have to just keep putting out resumes. Keep applying. You're gonna have to just continue to do that because you're never gonna get out if you quit. And my my mo <laughs> in the past has been to be frustrated to just be like fuck it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> don't do that. That's not the thing to do. Um, you know, I feel like. It's a job that this you 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 may you're there may be a lesson for you to learn in this job. It may be a reason why you're there. I don't know what it is. <laughs> for mine, I think mine where I'm at, I've learned a lot about myself and a lot about the populations that I enjoy working with. And so because of that, as as, as shitty as this place has been, the thing that has helped. Um, me is to recognize that I realize that I fucking love working with adolescents and I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't been at this place right so as much as you hate the job and you may like your co-workers there might have been something that you needed to get from that place um keep putting your your feelers out there keep look and girl look and what I'm learning is and I'm horrible at this y'all can see this from how we do the show <laughs> I am horrible at um what's the word? I'm horrible at no poker face. Oh yeah, I, I, I feel I, like that's what you're finna no. get to. <laughs> that's not no networking. I'm shitty at networking. No. I'm I'm shitty at selling myself. I've had to become good at that. When I tell you that if I hear about somebody, I gave I, I went and had a whole conversation with uh, uh, the person that just took over DYS. Never would I have done that prior to, but at this point, I'm like, I got to get out of here. So it's forcing me out of my comfort zone. My comfort zone is not networking. It's not going up to people. It's not saying what I'm doing out in the community. Community like that is not my comfort zone. But I hate this fucking job. So because of that, it's forcing me out of my comfort zone. So don't. Not only do you have to put out, it ain't a lot these days. It's not what you know is who you know is so true. Uh, don't just be out here putting out app apps like any networking that you can do any way that you can get your face out there and because like you don't want to be just a resume i'm learning that because i feel like me sending my fucking shit out should be enough <laughs> but what i'm realizing is that when i'm at these events that i'm having to go to for work 
These are networking opportunities for people to be able to put. If I send my resume, they can put a face with, oh, okay, I met her. I met her and I talked to her and, you know, she's she's a cool ass person and she you know she's doing a lot of things out here in the community that would be beneficial to my agency or my company so just remember you got bills and don't give up (laughs) that's all i got because that's that's what i'm trying to do i've never had a job that i hated but couldn't leave because up until february 2015 which is when i started my business i had at least two jobs the most jobs I've had at one time is four. So it's like I could, and, and they were self-sustaining jobs. I could have quit one and fully funded my life off of the other one. Mm-hmm. So everywhere I was, I was there for a reason. But I did get let go from a job at a mental health place, uh, JBS, because of financial cuts. And uh, mm. but be, So the dude who was over it, was so vindictive that if you quit, he was gonna be smurred your name somehow. That's some bullshit. I had a friend that was working there who told him that she was leaving because she had an interview. And he was like, Oh, where are you trying to go? And she would not tell him, but he convinced her to tell him. Her interview got canceled. Right the next day, her interview got canceled. And she had to continue working there. He is a dickhead. Why would you do that? He dead now, so Oh, I don't feel bad. She wins. <laughs> <laughs> but but that but because they let us go and they felt so bad, they called me when a dude was taking a hiatus to the military and I was working there and I think they felt I think they, they wanted to look good perceptually that they brought people back on that they mm-hmm. had let go. So they brought me back on even though I told them I wasn't gonna be able to do the work. <laughs> I had I had my internship. From twelve oh, yeah. to five, like they paid me for working eight to eleven thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they just wanted that perception that they bought. They paid me to wait from eight to eleven thirty. <laughs> they was like, "Are you seeing all your families?" I was like, "Yeah," but the job don't take as that many hours to see all your families. I like, yeah, I, I see everybody early. I see everybody, so I was like, okay. But at a certain point, I did, I did sit down with her and say. I'm only working this amount of time. <laughs> I don't feel right taking y'all's money <laughs> under this situation. I could be doing so much more if I didn't have this going on. So it'll be best for y'all to find somebody to take this place that can do more than I'm doing right now. Just more because, than eight to eleven thirty. <laughs> you know, so whatever. Yeah. That look that it's a tough position to be in. I, I again, I from a personal level feel you. But I'm just trying to take the take what I can from where I'm at while I'm there. And like I said, I don't know that I would have discovered the abilities that I have as far as working with kids. Cause listen, when I was in grad school, I was like, fuck them kids. <laughs> like I, I just it wasn't a population that I was comfortable with. It wasn't a population that I was like, I'm gonna work with kids. Like it was never that. But through doing this, I discovered teenagers is where I, I, I do some of the best work that I do. So I wouldn't I, I have to give my job props for that because I feel like I was able to discover that about myself. Uh, and you know what? My patience, because not cussing the motherfucker out has been hard. <laughs> 
but I've been able to not do it because I got these bills. So like it's allowing me to be, I'm gaining some things from it. I'm, I'm not as, I'm still apathetic, but I'm not as ready to shut a motherfucker down. Professionally, of course. And make sure this is a make sure this is a part. You know, if you choose to go to therapy, make sure that this is a part of the dialogue. Yes, work related stressors are very real, and if you carry the burden of that alone without any skills to help you with it, then that that's just going to be adding on to that mental distress that you have. Um, But also, advice I got is know your parameters. Mm -hmm. Know exactly where the wiggle room at and your parameters are. Because is it something that you're not willing to do that you would if you're looking for a new job? Um, clearly, a, a strong parameter for uh, you would be how far can you be away from your mom? Yeah. You know, if you have a career, how far outside of your career are you willing to work to get that job? Mm-hmm. You know, some people, you know, just have so much tunnel vision of, of wanting to do certain things that don't realize that there's a lot of stuff that got overlap mm-hmm. that might help you branch out branch out in that you know but know your parameters know where you're not willing to go where you are willing to go and just be persistent in in searching that you know and like your co-workers she says she do like her co-workers so i think that helps to because i don't like my that's a part that's a, a major part of my stress is but <laughs> that's beneficial to you um because it could be the where you hate the job and you hate your fucking co-workers and that my friend it's not a good place that's to be the abyss. that is the fucking abyss because you don't even have nobody that you could like like i always and, and other jobs i've always like if i don't like the job i have other people that don't like the job that i can talk shit to and it kind of like it don't make anything different but we could commiserate about how fucked up this place is i don't have it <laughs> and so that is like on point get a lot of it um and our, our friend group get a lot of, because I don't have anybody to do that with at work. So, like, I will call him and be like, fuck this place. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> and her bullshit. Okay. Utilize your support system. So, we have nearly had an all-letter episode that we were so hoping to have. <laughs> uh, but we do have some time. Thank you, Nikki. <laughs> Thank you, Colin. Thank hey, you, Michael. Thank you at sbun79 yes. on Twitter. So if you want to be on the show and have a whole episode almost, <laughs> send us your questions to uh, conversationconartists at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artists, and send it to us that way. Uh, very quickly, because uh, I don't know if this is on your list. Let's keep going. I mean, let's let's try to make these quick because, I mean, clearly this could have been shorter, but we, we do this ourselves because we, we talk a lot. Um my birthday i don't know if you had that you were gonna talk okay well just very quickly so on my birthday (laughs) i turned 34 we all decided to go to buffalo wild wings we live in hoover alabama and if you haven't heard i don't know how you could have not heard but there was a shooting on black friday where a black uh, military officer was Mm -mm. he's not in he's not in the military Mm -mm. currently Mm -mm. is he a vet he was in military training, but he had not completed the training. Uh, okay. Uh, a young black guy in military training was killed. Uh, there was a shooting at the mall. Police came. It was a whole thing. So we're sitting in Buffalo Wild Wings. We had just ordered our wings. And 
a group of protesters came in. This is a new experience for me because I don't, I've never been to a protest and I definitely never been somewhere where protesters came in. Um, so the protesters came in and the police also came in because um, Hoover police, I guess, are, are dispatching a group of officers and they basically just seemed like they were following the protesters around. They didn't interact with them. Um, they kind of just stood on the sidelines, I guess, to make sure shit didn't get crazy. Um, that was an interesting experience. Um, I was a bit uncomfortable. On Pet said he was fine, but I, I just, I watched too much ID channel. So in my mind, I'm like, they're, they're all around our table. If some shit pop off and somebody knock over a table and the police do get involved, it's going to be fucking chaos. So I'm mostly planning my exit because that's just how my brain works. Um, and it was just an unexpected situation i was fine i put my hand up one time <laughs> for a little solidarity and i said you know said the guy's name said ej you yeah. know once or twice but i was waiting on my wings yeah you know i i don't know the measure of my blackness <laughs> and what what side of the scale i moved to by not like because like some people like you should have got up and been a part of that like that that's not one what I of the guys in the protest is like if it was one of y'all or your family members you shouldn't be supporting this business but see that's what i think i don't think that's where like the goals of the protest organizers start to get lost in the translation of what everybody behind them is doing mm -hmm. The protesters had a training that trained them about how to protest appropriately. Now, I don't know what went in that, mm -hmm. but I'm going to assume it was a responsible one mm -hmm. outside of an irresponsible one. If it was, there's still going to be people that didn't come to that who don't really know exactly what to do. Now, mm -hmm. me, I support protest. As long as it's legal and you're not breaking any laws as it pertains to protesting, and they I support protest and I support you having a voice. When it gets to, the problem is, my problem ain't how people view the protest from the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. My protest is how impactful it can be once you start a certain level of civil disobedience, once you start a certain level of breaking the law, if people start getting hurt, the message of the protest starts to diminish. Mm -hmm. That's why I advocate for being very careful in how you you act in those protests well like i said that's why, why where my discomfort came in is that it you just never know what individuals are thinking within and so listen it would have took one nigga knocking a table over or or doing something that could have been deemed as violent or troublesome and shit could have got crazy that was my and again i watched way too much id channel so in any given situation i'm always thinking of ways i could die <laughs> Or ways I could get hurt. So I was uncomfortable as a motherfucker. I'm going to be honest. I was. I was like, how would I get out of here if I needed to? Because, like I said, I viewed it as a situation that could have easily gotten out of control. It didn't, thankfully. They were all very respectful. The police didn't engage. It was fine. But in my mind, I was like, but what if? Well, I mean, and I had the knowledge. I think uh, Carlos Chavez Jr. and mm -hmm. uh, Frank Matthews, I think both of them was there. And I think they've, at least at the beginning, they led a pretty... But like I said, pretty, you, pretty peaceful protest mm -hmm. that hadn't created any harm or hurt anybody. So I, but back to I was aware of that. I was aware of that when it started. Or people yeah. that might, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that I dude said, came up and said, don't shop here. Yep. <laughs> I was like, 
I already placed my order, brother. Like, <laughs> I want my wings. And they like, you know, leave Hoover. Why you here? And I'm like, well, I live in I Hoover. I live in Hoover, So nigga. I like, really don't see myself traveling outside of the city limits to buy stuff when you can just buy stuff in your neighborhood that you live in because you happen to not live here. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um, you know, well, it is what it is. It was just an interesting event to happen on yeah. my birthday. <laughs> okay. I got some news stories. So let's talk about Kevin Hart. Okay. Kevin Hart stepping down from the Oscars because he was asked to apologize about some old um, tweets from 2011. Homophobic yeah. or anti-gay. Well, I won't call him homophobic. I'm going to call him anti-gay. Yeah, because he said he would break a dollhouse over his kids, his son's head if he saw him playing with dolls. Well, I think hobo- homophobic has to come with the understanding that a person has this strong fear or aversion yeah. to the group. Yeah, I don't does. think we can know that about a person until we hear more. I think it's anti-gay for now until we know, until he come out with a video that say otherwise. Yeah. Uh, but my dialogue about that is, and I think I've said this before, I'm really not sure how, I don't know if it's, what's it like? I don't know how far we should go back to retroactively apply old material to new standards, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know, and I don't know if this is, um, if this is people taking advantage of the changes that we have, knowing that they can be man- used to manipulate our current environment, or if it's a genuine effort to to change that. So let's say that the person who went to go find those tweets was a racist that didn't want Kevin Hart to host the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And he found this material and he threw it out there in effort to try to make all of this happen. Like, that's wrong to me. But if it's somebody who is a, an advocate for gay rights and genuinely is trying to make sure that comedians are more responsible with the material that they have out there given a platform and this is how it came out, that's different. But mm-hmm. I still don't know what we should do. Same thing with Little Mermaid. <laughs> have you heard about that? Mm-mm. Little Mermaid, the song Kiss the Girl. Kiss the Girl. She literally did not have the capability of consenting (laughs) because she did not have a voice. Right? Yeah. So, this gets into a different... This Hold on. This gets into a different conversation about a mute person being able to consent. But (laughs) if you read the lyrics, because when you watch the movie... She body language. Body language she, she wants, wants the kiss. to kiss. She him. wants to kiss. She leaning in and shit. It's but if obvious. you read the lyrics outside of that context, it's very rapey. <laughs> if you just go read the lyrics right now to kiss the girl from Little Mermaid, all it say essentially is, "Man, if you want to kiss, just go get it." Yeah, but if but it's connected to that movie, like. Well, the only reason this came up is because there is a uh, acapella group at a university mm-hmm. who got a bunch of flack for singing that song. But you which, know where it's from. Well, we know where it's from because we 30 or 14-year-old don't because they ain't watching The Little Mermaid now. They not. They finna no. make a live action version don't of nobody shit. make. Don't nobody go back and make kids watch movies from the 70s. I know, but like, obviously, they. well, maybe they thinking we gonna go watch The Little Mermaid because they're making a live action version like they're making a live action version of Lion King, which I'm going to fucking see. Of course, of course. <laughs> But like a lot of people don't go back and watch them old versions. I'm not saying there's a lot of kids that don't. I'm just saying 
This is just listen. I'm not. I'm not Ooh. making an argument for whether they should or not. I'm saying how how far do we go back to retroactively apply old new standards to old material? I don't Same know. Same thing for baby. It's cold outside. The Christmas song. Oh yeah. You know, it's 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 kind of weird. It's different though, because during that time, it was very rapey. Women that had no goddamn rights when that song was written, so that is a rapey song. But we still dealing, <laughs> we still dealing with rapey men's behavior who don't ask a girl for a kiss; they just go in for it. Like that's still happening today. But that's I mean, the stuff where the that that asking for it makes it less romantic is a dynamic that men and women have had. I don't feel like you necessarily have to verbally again because I feel like with little the little mermaid is a good example of that. It was obvious that she wanted him. Ariel wanted him to kiss her. It was very obvious. Now, if because I've been on on kissed on, I've received a kiss I didn't want because I've gone on first dates with somebody has like. But have you also been that. kissed by somebody that you wanted to be kissed by without them asking you? Yes. And there See, is a, that's, that's there, the problem. But there's been a difference. No, because even when it was when I, I didn't ask, but I wanted it, I was doing shit to let him know that, that it was welcomed. This other one, I was getting ready to get in the goddamn car, and I turned around, and bam, his mouth was there. <laughs> it was like, whoa. Nothing about this date should have made you feel like I was sitting on the opposite side of the booth. I wasn't touching it. Like, nothing that occurred tonight <laughs> should have made you feel like this was... I, I'm trying to get in the car. I'm not even finna hug this nigga. Like, <laughs> Let me read these lyrics to you. For? Kiss the girl. It, it's Listen, hold on. I'm saying... from the movie. Wait a minute. The, I'm just saying. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I'm just saying. I feel like this is... Put, this is... I feel like at any point in this song there could have been an impl implication that she was showing you that she wanted it yeah there is nothing in this song this song is speaking direct this is a crab talking to a man <laughs> and it's a girl sitting across the room who is not ariel who is misconstruing this message we're just gonna read a little uh, bit a of child's it child's movie there though. you see her sitting there across the way she don't got a lot to say but there's something about her and you don't know why, but you're dying to try. You want to kiss girl. Like, this is exclusively telling the dude. You want to kiss the girl. You can want it. He ain't got to go over there and do the shit. This, is tell this whole song is telling him to go do it. Yes, you want to look at her. You know you do. It's possible, it's possible she wants you to. There's one way to ask her. If it don't take a word, not a single word, go on and kiss the girl, kiss the girl. I'm just saying, listen, I'm I not. I feel like this is grasping Listen, hold on. Straw. I'm not making an <laughs> argument. I'm just saying this is the society we have now. You can make the argument about how it's context, you know, but they cut that song out of their program. That's so crazy to me. I'm saying, and that's why I'm saying, that's why I'm asking the question. I want, I want, if y'all gonna, if y'all gonna send a letter or write something, how do y'all feel about going back in time and retroactively applying things that may be questionable to what today's standards are? That's just, I don't know. I have no idea if it's right or wrong. Cause old boy that was talking that pedophile shit, that was very concerning. Uh, was who? Uh, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy director. That shit there? I don't care how long ago. That it's just, it was so disturbing. Like I still cringe. Like, oh my god, it was so awful. <laughs> I, what if we found out this song was written by uh, 
sexual abuser? I don't think it matters because it, the context in which it, the so, exist. Because I, I, you know, who knows what a lot of the songwriters that have written songs you love was doing in their personal life. I don't think that what their intention was matters as far as as much as it matters how the song was used. The song was used in a Disney cartoon where it was very obvious that he was getting the signals that it was okay to kiss the girl. And I mean, if you pull it out, I'm sure there's a lot of songs from Disney movies you could pull out and it sound concerning if you just take the shit away from the movie and don't include the movie. But if you apply that logic to James Gunn, who's James Gunn, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy oh, dude that okay. was talking about pedophile stuff, you apply that logic to him. Yes. It don't matter how his tweets were used, or his it don't matter tweets. what his intent or the tweets were, because it don't have nothing to do with making the what he, he made a movie. Saying it with. was a joke. No, 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 no. No, I'm saying this. Well, is what, what you're saying is, if I asked you if the sexual abuser, if the dude who wrote that song was a sexual abuser, you said it wouldn't make a difference if he was a sexual abuser because what he intended for the material that it was used for don't have nothing to do with that. Yes. So if James Gunn talking about pedophilia because we found out that that's what he got going on in his life and in his brain, it then why would it make a difference for? him being a director of Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm just pointing that out to say this is the society we have now. All of them tweets he had, he had them when he made the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I know about it. You know what I'm saying? So it don't make a difference in terms of what they're putting their energy in, but now it's about the social responsibility of the people that is being called into question. I just don't know if this is genuine in, in terms of changing or if these are just... Uh, segues to attack people, smoking mirrors to get them removed from things that they shouldn't be. I don't know. I don't know. That's just something I've been thinking about. What you got? Man. Let's shotgun these. Um, Deontay Wilder. I don't know who that is. You don't know who Deontay Wilder is? No. Are you sure? Okay. What's the character he played in the last movie? Oh, yeah. He a boxer, yeah. I didn't know his name. I just been calling him <laughs> to this day. <laughs> the memes. I just, because this was just so fucking hilarious. So y'all just heard what he said. To this day, he was doing an interview. So they made a bunch of memes. Like, You know what the interview was about? No. I saw the whole interview. What I did not about? know that it was going to. <laughs> this, bruh, this meme is the epitome of taking a strong ass powerful moment and turn it into Dookie. <laughs> this, he was talking about, like, he been on this path of talking about how disproportionately that we've been treated. And so a black, a black newscaster said uh, something to the effect of, um, when you said our people have been treated this way, uh, what do you mean by that? And this is a black dude, and he, he, got, he got mad. He was like, our people been suffering. What have we done for them to hate us? Uh, over history, they done treated us like this. And they still treat us like this. To this day. <laughs> to this day. To this day. Like, that's the moment. Like, powerful moment. But they done, the internet done took it it's his and turned it into something else. It's so hard. Like, so, like, the memes, you still listening to 90s hip-hop R&B, me. Even though you grown, you still afraid of your mama. 
<laughs> to this day. Like all of them are just you paying off. You still paying off your student loans? <laughs> and all of the responses, of course, are to this day. But I'm looking at his face, and so I, I, it did make me wonder, like, what he was referring to. He's so like he was really, he's really passionate about that right now. Like he all over the place talking about his platform and how it can affect change in terms of the black community. But they take that moment. And then meme his ass, and now it don't mean nothing. But that's what memes do. It really means a passionate, uh, a passionate uh, affirmation of something that you you do to this day. The one I posted in in our chat group was uh, a girl asking, "Do you st- do you still masturbate?" And I was like, "To this day, <laughs> to this day." So if you haven't seen this shit, the memes, like, if you want a good laugh, just to, it, it's, and I feel bad. Because even as you was explaining it to me, because it's in my mind as a meme now, I'm still laughing. Yeah, I know. It it killed it. Like, he, they got him. They got him good. But I, I like him for what he's doing. Oh, Jesus. What do you have? A... Missouri family shocked after mother's suspicious last will leaves everything to pastor. (laughs) (laughs) Love everything to this pastor. So either one or two things. (laughs) She's trying to buy her way into heaven or she's trying to take care of her boo thing after she ain't here no more. Let's go through the ups and downs of this story. Okay. (laughs) So... They went. They used to go to the church that the pastor passes. Well, okay, reading this, I'm like, I read the title, and I'm like, pastor's a dickhead. Now, don't get me wrong, my church PTSD is yes. is in this, so I'm like, oh, oh, let me read this story. Pastor stealing money from the old lady, and then it turns out that uh, the he was helping her get her medication. Get to her doctor's appointment, everything that her family wasn't doing. Oh, well, fuck She that had, man. he didn't, and she said the reason that he, she trusted him is because he had a car. So it sounded like the family just didn't have dependable things to help, or either they weren't willing to help. Well, snooze yours, niggas. So, so I'm, I'm, so she passes away. And they look at the wheel, and the wheel don't look like it's written by her. You know, it looked like it's written by the pastor, which I think might be normal if somebody can't write. Yeah, depending or, on how bad Well, a lawyer, not a pastor. The pastor said it's written by the lawyer. Uh, but then I'm like, okay, so family ain't shit. Pastor ain't, you know what I'm saying? And then it turns out that the family came and took a chair out of her house after she passed away. The pastor said, that's a $25,000 chair. I can have y'all arrested for taking that out of the house. So I'm like... How, why would why would he buy why would he have a twenty five thousand dollar chair in in her house? It was his chair. He he had been buying everything. He had been paying her bills. He had been taking her money and paying her bills, paying everything, getting her everywhere she needed to be. What the fuck did this old lady do that she had twenty five thousand dollars for him to go buy a goddamn chair? Like was she I some kind no of idea. millionaire? I do not know, <laughs> but 
at the end of the day, like the pastor is not wavering. I feel like in this situation, she's communicated how problematic her family has been and they trying to figure out how much they can get out of her after her death that they playing victim because this is not a, this is an odd situation. I don't know how to feel though. I, I don't feel like, you know, the, it's like a whole pastor's organization that says that, I mean, he ain't doing anything like, questionable with the church if indeed he's doing what he's supposed to be doing with that money and the, indeed that woman did you know write that will for everything to go to him you know but he's it's not something that that pastor should do because um they just supposed to help navigate spiritual lives and the relationship with god and they did like he does something negative to his neighbors like to other former members of his church and them 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 uh, kids' mama, you know. But like I've seen these things go so sour as it pertains to family just trying to get shit because mm -hmm. they love one died that I don't really know. I would need to know more information about this situation. But yeah, I, it this just triggered my church PTSD, so I had to jump on it. What if what would you do if you found out that after your mama passed away that there was some mystery pastor that you didn't really know or maybe a pastor you did know who was like you know i ain't talking to you about how much money your mama got the will she signed was to me i'm fighting the shit out of there because <laughs> that what he did i'll fight first of they all. have no nobody has no idea how much money she even had oh hell he no. ain't told nobody nothing no i'm fighting the shit out of that might fight the pastor yeah hell no oh that's something my mama might do yeah, but hers be would be different because she's been doing that your whole life, though, giving money to churches. So she, also, she also too broke for me to be concerned <laughs> <laughs> that it might be a lot. <laughs> Sorry, mama. She ain't listening, though. Speaking of pastors, Michelle and her pastor are no longer getting married. They're not engaged. They broke up, which I, I just... I've seen clips of her going to visit his family, and I was fearing for her safety. Like, And I feel like... I probably maybe these are very nice people, but they just look like folks that are racist and like probably was like, You gonna bring this nigga around? Like I just feel like that's what it is. So I feel like she's dodged the bullet. And it seems most people feel that way too. Because everybody was like, Whoo, thank God. <laughs> like nobody was like, Oh, they broke up. Everybody that I see like uh commented under pictures and of, of stories and all of this is like, Whoo, thank God. Whoo, she saved us. <laughs> Yeah, I think everybody like saw his family and was like, "Oh no, Michelle, no." Man, if you're a black person dating a white person, you need to be really, you need to vet, yeah, vet that person. Cause hell, he look. I I thought he was mixed. I really did. He, he just got really tan skin and he just looked. He probably and he bald, getting, so he probably been getting treated like a black man for most of his life. Probably so, cause he look it. He looked apart. He looked mixed. So. I just thought I would mention that they're no longer together. Oh, and this this is the last thing I have. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> we talk about religion, so I don't want to hear. Two nuns allegedly stole $500,000 from California Catholic school and used the money to gamble in <laughs> dangerous. Two nuns. Two nuns took the church money to go gamble. And... and uh, take trips. It, the Catholic school money. One church, it was a school. That ain't worse than having sex with little boys. 
Tell you not, that. but <laughs> it's still beneath where they're supposed to be. Um, bait records show Sister Mary Margaret Cruper and Sister Lana Lang of St. James Catholic School in Torrance uh, have been embezzling from the school for at least 10 years while telling parents the school was on a shoestring budget. <laughs> How much have they been embezzling? Please tell me they got a number. $500,000. The fuck kind of shoestring budget is that? Is you talking about? It's over 10 years, though. The shoestring budget means something different than what it sounds like? Because I ain't never heard of that what shit. Is, what is you that you think it sounds like? I feel like a shoestring shoe budget is like a tiny budget. It's a little bit of money, yeah. They're, they're telling people that because they're taking the money off the top. So by the time they take off their money, it is a shoestring budget. But they was just telling them that like it's just we ain't got a lot of money. That's $50,000 a year. Is it? Ten years? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. That's twenty five thousand a piece. Yeah. And they were just using the gambling take trips? Yeah. They some horrible ass gamblers. <laughs> they should have been get, they should have been coming up. They could have been investing this shit in something that's gonna let them retire in the nun nun like this is the shit I don't like about this Catholic shit when they get to handle shit themselves. The nuns have since expressed remorse and the archdiocese and the church has said that they're not gonna pursue criminal charges. Well, I bet they're going to be taking off the deacons, boy. <laughs> they ain't going to be in the back count that offering that, no they're more. They're not going to be in charge of the money no more. But, like, what about, see, that's why I don't, again, because, okay, y'all ain't going to charge them or whatever. But what about the parents? I want to fucking charge them because my child been going to this school eating beans and rice every day because y'all say y'all ain't got no goddamn money. I'm upset as a parent, but I don't get no justice because y'all done decided God forgave them and they did their Hail Marys and shit. But, Fuck that. but. As a person that's grown up as a Catholic and a person that has sent your children to a Catholic, you buy into the idea that a couple of Hail Marys will fix you so <laughs> deeply that you'll be fine with that shit. You know, it's a represent it's a representation of, of but see, that shit is still only a representation of their salvation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if if that if it works, these kids been out here with books from the seventies, learning history and shit. Cause y'all ain't got no goddamn money. Cause you spending the money and y'all hail Mary and it's all right. This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and were they were they were they taking trips in their habits or were they like re dressed regular when they <laughs> taking these trips? Cause I can't imagine like nuns in a casino in a habit gambling. Habits are what they wear. I don't know if there's anybody listening that don't know what the name of it is, but the outfit hat that, that nuns wear is called a habit. Can you imagine seeing them in, in <laughs> rolling the dice on the craps? <laughs> Clearly they don't dress up like they got down, dress up at the Catholic school. They shouldn't Red. have no other clothes. Nuns are in habits all the time. They don't wear regular clothes. Okay, one, they are thieves. <laughs> Two, they steal money and go fucking gamble. They steal money to take chances that are likely not to turn out in their favor. You think they ain't got some fucking jeans and t-shirts at their house? Talking about some, how you gonna bring up none, none responsibilities when it come to cl other clothes they should have? Well, they keep none stay at the church. They don't have a house. That what I'm saying. Like so, what they? What, they tricking because they got it, okay? <laughs> if they can get to a casino, they can get to a goddamn, what are old people, thrift store. Maybe they was packing bags and saying it was our extra habits. <laughs> and and it was actually like regular clothes. They the might have been doing like Spider-Man. They might have had a backpack outside of the dumpster. 
two blocks over, and they went and go picked up their shit and got on the bus and went to go gamble. <laughs> they, I mean, just imagine. It, all the Catholics in the community would know what they look like. Yeah. They probably had to put on wigs, glasses. <laughs> like, they in the casino. I bet they felt protected because they was like, the only Catholics that's going to be in here is us. Well, I don't even know. You don't see their hair. You don't see nothing but they face with them habits. <laughs> they just need to put some glasses on because you ain't gonna know what the fuck. You don't even know what their body type is. So on I guess like what happened shit. is they they wore their nun shit till they got outside of the city, and, and then, then just, they became who they was gonna be. Just let the hair down because you don't see none of that. You can't even other than the eyebrows. You don't even know if it's a red head, a blonde, a brunette. You can't because they don't. You don't see none of that shit. Like you just see their face in the habit, in the hats and shit. <laughs> Five hundred thousand dollars over ten years, and they ain't got no bills and no shit like this. So like twenty five thousand is a lot when you ain't got to pay shit. Like <laughs> twenty five thousand when you got bills and you got rent and, and mortgage and shit is nothing. But twenty five thousand when you live at the church and they feed you and shit and you don't have to. They don't pay for shit as a nun. Mm. <laughs> it's just balling with twenty five. <laughs> do you know? Uh, do you know who B Smith is? B Smith, no. Former restauranteur, model, and lifestyle expert B. Smith has been struggling with early onset Alzheimer's since her diagnosis in 2013. Damn. But now fans are shocked to find out that her devoted husband has allegedly been showing off his new girlfriend despite the couple still living together. Oh, he is a whole asshole for that. His name is Dan Gatsby. Dan can go to hell. Dan, you no, wrong. No, his name fuck. is not Dan Gatsby. Who is Dan Gatsby? Wait a minute. It is Dan Gatsby. Great Gats- Gatsby. Gatsby. It's Have Dan ever- Gatsby. No T in it. Oh. That's what's that? It's like the guy, the great Gatsby. Um, he that's fucked up because he can get away with it because she got early onset. So she probably don't know who the fuck he is anyway. So he posted a picture of the blind woman with the caption to steal the title from 50 cent and the game hated to love it you can debate but for me i'm just feeling great life's too short to ask for a rebate so i'm just gonna surf through life before it's too late dad has got a one-way ticket to hell soon as he die so <laughs> that is so fucked what up. do you think life would look like for you if you so i i was working with some kids and we played an un-game mm-hmm and a question came up. The question was, I might say this on podcast before, but the question was, what's the worst thing that can happen to somebody that you love? And I thought about my mama. And I thought about death. And I was like, death ain't necessarily the worst thing that can happen to my mama. My mama, she's been preparing for death for some time. It's the worst thing that can happen to you. Death hurts us that's living. It well, don't hurt well, the person I mean, that dies. From my perspective, death ain't even new. Oh. I think if my mom died, she been my whole life. She been doing what it takes to get to whatever paradise it's supposed to be waiting for her after that shit. I hope it's real for her, but I hope it's not real for me. So I think that's. I think it win. I think if I think it being not real for me, everybody wins. <laughs> it just comes out as like wasted effort for her. But if it's real for her, yeah, then fucked I'm fucked up. So you know that's neither here nor there. But the. I, in my head, the worst thing that could happen to my mama was dementia. Yeah. Like, to her, for me, and probably for her, too. Yeah. That's the worst thing that could happen. Like, I do not even want the illusion of somebody that I care about, especially my mama, like, forgetting me. Yeah. That would be the most fucked up thing. So, it made me wonder, if I had a mate that was going through early onset Alzheimer's, like, what? That'll be some fucked up shit. Have you ever seen The Notebook? 
you're no. a dude so i figured not so mm-hmm. women that are listening probably have if you haven't the notebook is a movie um what the net it is that nigga's name white guy I, anyhow matthew anyway. no nope uh he played driver yes can't think of his name he's forgettable yes but anyway so the movie is about how it's, it's their love story where um it starts off with this old couple they're both in this like assistant living kind of place and the lady um doesn't really remember where she is or 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 any of that and so he starts telling her a story to kind of get her to calm down because she you know sometimes when she's confused she gets upset and so she, she he's telling her this story about this couple that went through all of this shit to get together and they but in the end they ended up together what you find out at the end of the movie is that they are the couple she has uh dementia and so she forgets him she forgets the kids but every now and then she'll have moments where she remembers uh and so he does this just for those moments he don't even have to be at the assistant living place he moved in there so he could be with her after she had to move in there because of it and what ends i mean like the end is not realistic because they end up dying together with i mean i guess that could happen but it's like what are the odds um but for him his way of dealing with her forgetting was to just keep reminding her until he got those he 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 kind of held on to those moments when she of clarity that she did have because like the kids would come and she wouldn't know who the kids were and the kids like were like dad like why do you keep doing this to yourself you know she don't know who you are most of the time and he was like but those moments when she do um it's a good movie. It's a it's a it's one of the oh, I ain't really no chick flick kind of girl, but that shit there. That shit sounds sad as fuck. It is. Why don't I watch that? But it it's so sweet that he was willing to let cause listen, that she was like had a rich family and he was like this poor ass dude. And so her her parents, her mom did not want her to get with him. And they met over like a summer. And so they ended up getting split up because her mom wouldn't lie on to be together. He wrote her a letter every day for 365 days and her mom didn't give them to her, but they, she kept them. And so like when they, they uh, reconnect, cause she was finna marry somebody else and she couldn't, you know, she's, I think she saw he had built a house that he told her he was going to build in like a newspaper. And so she wanted to go see him before she got married and ended up, that's how she ended up staying with him. But it's just a really like the lens that he was willing to go to, which is the complete opposite of Dan bitch ass. You know, he 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 waited for those moments of clear because sometimes they do. It's you know, as it gets worse, they're few and far in between. But sometimes they do re- recognize who you are. And uh, my great grandmother was like that. Like sometimes uh, she didn't really know us because we were so little. But like my mom, sometimes we would go visit her and she would have no fucking idea who anybody was. And then every now and then we would go and she would recognize folks and be telling stories you know what i'm saying so they held on to those so i think that's what you have to do i wouldn't leave my husband i wouldn't i definitely wouldn't go fucking get him a replacement while i'm still with the nigga that's just rude as fuck yeah, um, fucked up. so anybody who's seen the notebook already had this in a dialogue with themselves and the ability to think about this because the, this movie the first makes time you. i'm coming to it i didn't uh, know it was yeah if you anybody that's watched the notebook has had to think about what they would do if that happened to their spouse because that's all the movie is about <laughs> uh, we're at two hours you got anything else important that you want to throw out there before we um, roll out no i had a woman killed after giving money to lady holding help me feed my baby sign <laughs> 
damn. That's why I don't help these folks. You never know. And I'm almost. Oh, oh, and Lena Dunham. Um, being a dickhead fat again. Ass bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she her. is the worst. She's the fucking worst. What did I read? I read a tweet that said Lena Dunham is the Kanye West of feminism. Yes. Basically. Accurate. Like Fuck she her. just a traitor mm-hmm. <laughs> for the movement. Yeah. Basically, a uh, a black rape accuser was completely discredited, and then she came out to say, "Oh, oh I saw that shit. All Fuck the her. stuff I said wasn't true yeah, about that bitch. person lying." So, bitch, fuck you. Um, Lena. <clears throat> you got anything else on your mind? I do not. I do. Black Panther. Avengers. Oh yes. So, did you see the trailer? Uh, Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. I did. What we learned in Avengers Endgame is that Shuri, she got lost in the snap too. Mm-hmm. And it was sad. I was hoping that Shuri was chilling somewhere. And I hated that. Yeah. But I'm ready for the movie. I'm ready for that. Um, I have no idea how this shit going to resolve itself. I'm actually really ready for that, the real, the action, live action Lion King. Because did you see Jungle Book? Nope. It was okay. I know John Favreau did it, so I know it's he's you know John Favreau? Mm-mm. John Favreau played uh Iron Man security guard. Oh. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The the big dude, he always in a little silly scene. Mm-hmm. That's John Favreau. He did he redid Jungle Book and he's redoing Lion King. Like they got Beyonce and James Earl Jones is going to continue to do Mufasa. Who the fuck else could do Mufasa's voice? Like nobody could do that. No, I can't. I wouldn't. I don't see it. how. I don't see how Beyonce really gonna be Nala. What do you mean? Her voice so deep for a woman. I mean, she gonna probably change it. Maybe she she's never done any voiceovers, right? As Why would it be Beyonce if they gonna change her voice to not sound like Beyonce? Her singing voice might be the same, but her talking voice can't be the same because no. it's too fucking deep. They got uh, they got her for her singing voice. It is not for her talking voice. Her talking voice deep as fuck. Yeah, Lion King is midnight release material for me. Yes, I'm going. I bet that shit gonna be so dark. Have you seen the little the cub? I'm gonna yeah. cry. Like I almost cried at the the cartoon version of Simba when he his dad died. That little fuzzy ass, cute ass little lion when he's crying about his daddy. Oh, oh. The, the heartache, <laughs> the pain. Dad, get up! When that little cute ass fuzzy line, oh. they were doing all these Disney movies: mm-hmm. Dumbo, Mary Poppins, Mermaid. Little Mermaid's gonna get a, re- a live Damn. action. Yeah. Well, times are changing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, until we come to the next conversation, we out. Holla.